no idea when I'm getting it around to N64 shit. Anyway. Well, when you have, like, people over or something like that. That's, yeah, it's more of a social... That's what retro consoles yeah. are really good party for. Games. Yeah, party sharing games. games with people. Yeah. And then the nostalgic factor of breaking out a retro system and playing that yeah. with friends is Yeah, it still feels golden. nice. And also I mean, there's the feeling of destroying friendships with Mario Kart and Mario Party. Uh-huh. Yeah, David Harding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like, uh, th- there will there will literally be no nothing. Nothing can replicate Halo for uh, Halo One and Two uh, four player multiplayer. Like, there is no there is no thing that equates to that. Or yeah, like, I'm, I'm barely. Uh, experienced in the halo universe because i never owned an xbox and like so the, the Man, you would absolutely that, love halo i well i have played some of them now um the only time that i really experienced them mostly though was halo <clears> 2 <throat> at a friend's house um i think john had that at some point mm-hmm. I, I think i think we did some halo, halo 2 yeah uh, we took it up and downstairs yeah um halo 2 getting the sword and then teabagging every one of your kills was a must <laughs> My fondest deathmatch memories, though, nothing will ever top it because it's, you know, it's childhood. I spent the entire summer between seventh and eighth grade on GoldenEye and Mario Kart 64. Like my my three best friends would like childhood best friends would come over to my house like almost every day of the summer and like brought the games. And we just did that shit all fucking day. (laughs) Please tell me you weren't an odd job player. Oh uh, no, no! I was, <laughs> I was the dick who would uh, kamikaze with remote mines. I would, I would run up to. I did that shit too. Chuck them in their face and explode it in the air. <laughs> Between everybody us. did that. Yeah, I would hunt people with remote mines. Yeah, and proximity mines. Oh my god, I love yeah. proximity mines. The other fun was one was um, one hit kills, all slaps only. <laughs> <laughs> And we'd all just run up to each other or like crouch, walk, crawl towards each other and do the, you just hear that. <laughs> yep. Hey everybody, welcome to the Getting Off Topic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is Sunday night. My weekend has started as of 8 p.m. This is Tony. This is Todd. This is Byron. And Byron. Meg. Uh, and Byron soullessly eating his plain popcorn with literally nothing on it like a a speck of salt on it a speck of salt (laughs) you know popcorn stops being a healthy like snack if you dump a bunch of shit on it okay can you just stare at us plant blankly while like in an american psycho voice you tell us like why you prefer nothing on your popcorn i have to return some videotapes (laughs) Uh, how's everybody doing? What is, uh, Tim, what is it? Uh, Tim Allen likes his card more than I did, than mine. <laughs> Tim Allen? Tim, or Tim the tool man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, so Meg and I, as of last night, we completed our entire supernatural binge wow yay defines that is commitment that defined our quarantine we started that like august ish maybe so that's wow 
15 seasons of television in about eight-ish months. Wow. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I really... I saw Are those the, those long-ass seasons, too? Oh, yeah. They're, they're full seasons. Like, old-school full season, 22, 24 episodes or something. Wow. Um, except for, like, season... One of the early seasons, maybe, like, four or five or something, was slightly shortened. It was, like, 16 episodes because of a writer's strike, I think. Mm. Um, Which I assume... The 2007? Yeah. The 2007 Probably. writer's strike? <clears throat> maybe, yeah. Wait, the show started in no, yeah, it started in 05. So yeah, it was probably like season three-ish, maybe or yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I genuinely enjoyed it. Um Meg and I it's it's weird to experience like something that's been an insanely massive fandom, like part of like pe- people grew up with this shit. And we just experienced it super compressed in this like <laughs> span of less than a year. And it definitely gave us Dude, the- supernatural stands are like something else. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, we fell in love with it. They put Meg like was, Trekkies to shame. Yeah. Meg was so beat up by, by the ending. Like she like lost sleep. Like she, I mean, Meg- I did not, I have not been sleeping well to begin with. <laughs> and then add on top of that, the like broken heart I felt by watching the last episode. <laughs> I've just been like nonstop thinking about all of it. It's a very 24 hours. Yeah. People were very split on the ending. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't like, Oh, oh people were, people were split on the ending to a TV show. <laughs> oh, shit, seriously. <laughs> After 15 years, like nothing is going to be satisfying. Like nothing's going to be satisfying. You have, you have to tell yourself, well, it's about the journey because there's literally nothing. The only, the only two like satisfying conclusions to long running TV shows I've ever watched were Star Trek and the Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine, but mm. for completely different reasons. Yeah. Because know, DS9 had an ending, and Next Gen's ending was an ending that wasn't an ending. Yeah. I didn't really like DS9's ending. I thought it kind of ended all over the place. Really? The stories, stories were still kind of open for a lot <laughs> of the characters. That's so. so weird. I totally disagree. I mean, there are some like dangling threads, but almost everything is wrapped up. I mean, the supernatural ending was satisfying. I'm not saying that I'm upset about it. I'm just upset emotionally because it's come to an end. No. And the characters are done. So that's what where I get all the feels from. I'm not saying it's a terrible ending and oh god, I wish it was different. It was just like I want the show to go on forever, you know. <laughs> yeah. And they definitely do put like a solid, <laughs> solid ending to it. I mean, you could maybe stretch and say like well, they could always come back and do this or that, this, but it would be like a real big stretch. Um, they're not going to do movies or anything. No, there, there's no plans for anything now. They're saying this is the end, even though both of them, uh, Jared and Jensen, are like, oh, we would totally come back if they said, if like five years down the road, some streaming service says like, hey, do like a quick little 10 episode. And they're definitely going to be doing supernatural yeah. conventions until they both die. Oh, yeah. Totally. That's their bread and butter. Yeah. They're like, uh, they like redefine the convention circuit. Like, conventions have changed because of Supernatural. In what way? Um, because <laughs> the, the, the showrunners and the people behind the show work so directly in tandem mm. with the conventions. They're effectively official to like there are like official star trek conventions are a certain way but like 
supernatural conventions are like they're almost put on by the show specifically to increase the popularity of the show yeah nice well i mean even supernatural had a convention within its own show about its own show oh yeah it, that's so why much, they did that yeah. there's so much meta shit inside that oh todd's got his his emergency pizza <laughs> You just have a thing on the wall, like break glass in case of <laughs> in like, case of hunger emergency. It's a craving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meg said uh, one of the first things Meg said after we finished the last episode, she was like, this is on par or if not, I think she surpassed her love of like her, her big longtime shows were like Buffy and Angel. Oh, as far surpass as it, but it's just like a fresher version of that for me. Oh, OK. You know, like I liked it on par with those types of shows yeah. like which are for are your long-standing like, <clears throat> yeah top ones yeah well I, it also lasted like three times as long as angel did true, yeah <laughs> now we were talking uh like a few weeks ago we were saying like man what are we gonna do like once it's over like what do we do with our lives and i had been telling meg like well meg had still never seen x files so that would be a good like next show although i was telling her now honestly supernatural did like every single one of those stories it did well i mean it was it was a baby from it was birthed from x files like the a lot of the og crew from and producers from the x files gang came on for this ride and so that's how it started very much was like a x files the college age you know the new class and then it evolved into something completely different but i think as far as even though Supernatural, it went on for so damn long and it had definitely a lot of ups and downs. I think it really, it closed the deal so well that I don't want Meg to be disappointed by X-Files now because <laughs> X-Files totally shit the bed in the later seasons, especially with the mythology. I mean, there, there are still a lot of fun, like Monster of the Week episodes and stuff, but... If I had to gauge, like, telling somebody, recommend, oh, should I binge X-Files or Supernatural? I'm almost, uh, I'm going to say, I think Supernatural kind of does it better, like, as far as overall scoring. I don't know. That's like me when I I watched the X-Files, when you gave, I think you gave me a couple of the DVDs, and then I watched it on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I, like, I started the first few seasons, and I loved it up until, like, season like five or six or something like that I mean, that's and then just like completely stopped caring about any of it after that no There's i'm actually one good season. I, I actually love the whole the whole original run even with i mean i love uh, uh doggett and uh mm-hmm. what was her name forget the other girl um i enjoyed them a lot of people hated them and said like no give me Mulder back it's like i actually liked it it kind of refreshed it for me and then they all kind of circle back at the end but after that, the uh, the uh, the ending to the sh- the very final episode of the show, I was very meh about, and then the second movie and the two little um, you know last seasons, especially with the mythology, that just ugh, that broke my heart. They just shit the bed so hard there that it's. I mean, I, I, so I think I so I've never really watched a lot. Of, I've seen like a handful of supernatural episodes. I've never really, I don't get it personally. I don't know why. I just don't. Well, you hate the Orville. What do you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not sci-fi enough for you. But okay, go ahead. I think the highs of 
X Files are like fucking stratospheric. Like they I, are, I think yes. the especially since the X Files very much, especially for the first four seasons, definitely three seasons, it really tries to ground itself in all of this has some sort of scientific explanation or at least they're trying to make everything plausible mm-hmm. through the realm of science to the point where like you could show this to certain people if they were dumb enough and they might think that all of this stuff was actually 100% real mm-hmm. um but just mainly because the the relationship between Mulder and Scully is so incredible mm-hmm. and it's also really, really, really well shot, especially for the, the time period. Like, I don't think we understand um, until you've gone back and watched the, a, a, the Blu-ray versions or the ones that are on any of the streaming services now. Uh, the show looks so good because it was shot on really, really high quality stock back mm-hmm. in the day. It looks, it, it's, it's a period piece that looks like a time capsule from the early 90s. It looks like it was shot now as a, t- as a period piece. Like that's how good place. that's how good it, and how like how much attention to detail there was in the original series in terms of the set design is fantastic. Uh, the production the production in general was such of such high quality um, those sweet shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, season one a little bit less, but season two, three and four, I mean, pretty much after season three, you could you could show it to people now and be like, this is a period piece. It was shot today and people would believe you. That's how good it looks. Um, yeah. I mean, I am a massive X-Files fan, so I'm heavily, 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 heavily like biased here. <laughs> I, I am too. Which yeah, is, I know, I know. It takes a lot for me to say that. I think it's just... I, I really think they stuck the landing better, Supernatural did, than, than X-Files. Uh, other than that, like you oh, said, I, fall in love with the character. I am not doubting that at all. Like, I, I totally believe you that Supernatural's ending is better than the X-Files ending. Because the X-Files ending, well, first off, it didn't end up being an ending. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't very good. It was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, but but like you know, the same thing that kept us going through Supernatural, even through the lows, was we fell in love with the characters. And like you said, Mulder and Scully, it's like you'll just like we ended up doing with um, you know Sam and Dean. It's like at some point you're just like, oh, I'm gonna watch these people forever, you know? Yeah. So so yeah, we'll we'll definitely get around to it. But I have now lowered the bar for Meg as far as the uh, <laughs> the satisfying ending portion of it. At some point, just gonna, just keep enjoying the Monster of the Week episodes. That's what matters. <laughs> also, like some of those early X Files episodes are legitimately scary, even oh, to a season yeah. tor- even to a seasoned horror fan. Oh, one of the the one that Meg has ever seen, or one of the very few that she recalls ever seeing, is the first one I ever watched. Um, Luke. Uh, no, no, not fluke. Oh, that one. Oh, gross me the fuck out. Oh, the the episode titles on the tip of my tongue. The uh, invisible creatures, the, like, basically the predators in the forest with the glowy red mm. eyes. And it was I forget the explanation. There's some like explorers. And the the, the sense of mood, the sense of mood in the X Files is so like it is so drenched in mood. Detour, Ugh. detour, detour. That, yeah, it's a good one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, enough about X Files. Okay, yeah, all right. 
Well, we spent, I'm actually timing our episode today, seeing as our last <laughs> couple have gone over two fucking hours. So, <laughs> but I did get some headlines. I, I thought like we had, were going to have nothing to talk about, but a few bits of news we can run through. Oh, I have been seeing, this is kind of random, but in our world of COVID, by the way, I get my, tomorrow is my Moderna 2 vaccine boogaloo. Electric boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Todd, you said you didn't get like any side effects you were like fine i was perfectly fine like the the next day after getting the shot i was supremely exhausted but that was about it there was a mild headache but like nowadays i always have a mild headache um i'm getting my shot next sunday so you're gonna watch watch it in real time congrats oh that'll be fun yeah well if you get on set it's really the day after everybody seems to be is the okay. health day so, yeah, so I can get my shot like midday tomorrow, but it's waking up Tuesday. If it's anything like Meg's, that's when hell begins. <laughs> but whatever. But I didn't take see two that. Pi- take two pi- uh, Tylenol and then drown two Powerades and uh, you should be good. Yeah, we got Pedialyte. Um, but I did see uh, some people are uh, have checked out Disneyland since it reopened. Apparently there's like ride refreshes on the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Um Indiana Jones and Snow White, a few others, I think. Right, but, what? Like refreshes. They, they've done some God, new effects and stuff like that. Yeah, That's refurbishing cool. and whatnot. I thought they were. They said they were going to do more to pirates again too. I don't know if uh, they were. They removed like one of the rapey pirates. Oh right. They oh, did that they... a long time ago though. They were going to get rid of like the uh, the brides for sale or something. Well, they already did that. Oh, they, they changed did. the sign to like hats for sale or something. Oh, okay. they uh, <laughs> cut like three or four minutes off the Star Wars ride because uh, all rides had to be under fifteen minutes. Oh, really? COVID restrictions. Yeah. Interesting. Huh? <clears throat> yeah, because I think the original runtime for the Star Wars ride is like nineteen minutes, so they had to cut like four minutes off of it. So that how sucks. did that work for Haunted Mansion when that shit breaks down every two seconds? <laughs> <laughs> they have to it's, evacuate you then. It's like supposed to be like a 10 minute ride and it turns out to be 15 to 20. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, whatever. I guess it doesn't fucking matter. I'm, we're not yeah, I had, a, I had a friend who um, went yesterday and th- they have to be at 20, 25% um, capacity. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to Disneyland with at 25% capacity, but Actually, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, I think, have pretty close to that percentage. There's one day we went with Frank, yeah. and it started to rain. And there was, even before it rained, there was legit, like, nobody there. Yeah. It was like a ghost an town. off time. It was midweek on, like, a Thursday. It's like one of the best times we've had at yeah. Disneyland, because <laughs> we just uh, walked up to everything. There was a point... I went for... Go ahead, Meg. There was a point in like the French Quarter area where there wasn't a single person. Jeez. It was so trippy. I went on uh, grad night for my high school and there were a couple high school. Uh Oh, you're breaking up, Todd. Times in a row with like no lines. We got on Matterhorn. We got on uh, Big Thunder Mountain. We got on uh, Pirate. We rode Pirates five times in a row just getting off the exit and going back into it with no weight. Nice. Jeez. Well, crazy. So I, I worked at Disneyland for a year and um, 
it was uh yeah i mean so i got to get i, I always knew when the park was like slow and that type of thing and it was almost always sundays was the best best day to go in the in the evening yeah um, all right yeah uh, it'll probably be a while till we go anyway um although we were talking about hitting up um halloween horror nights if that yeah. if that happens is that supposed to happen um, i think it's so that's why i haven't bought button that's why i haven't bought my uh my plane tickets yet is because i want them to announce it before i buy my plane ticket and then after they announce it then i'll blame buy my plane ticket gotcha i might just buy my plane ticket anyways because they're so cheap right now and the plane <laughs> ticket is more likely to go up in price um true yeah and if i if if they don't end up doing halloween horror nights i'll just go to one of the you know hundreds of other like uh sure. Halloween events that they have in California because yeah. oh, yeah. you, you guys know this that like even despite the fact that Southern California has Halloween Horror Nights and Not Scary Farm they're also like the best reviewed haunted house like haunts in the country or in LA mm. like 10 of them the 10 yep. top reviewed ones we went to the Haunted Hayride <clears throat> yeah. a year or two a back underwhelmed with it we had we went with friends, so it was fun. We got free tickets, which is why we went. Yeah. But I, it was weird. It was, it wasn't as big as I assumed it was. It would be. There's other ones that are in LA County that yeah. are put on by like uh, special effects houses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, they're not as popular as Halloween Horror Nights, obviously, but um, they have good budgets. And I mean, mm-hmm. when you have that talent, that type of talent pool, you're gonna get it. A baseline of quality just in general yeah for sure we'll have to we'll have to make a list <laughs> want to get into some uh movie or tv news let's do it i got a fun one john delancey i mean i know you don't care about star trek Byron, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> john delancey our beloved q actually let slip recently or this past week that he is actually shooting content for picard seasons two and three yeah, because they're shooting two and three back to back. Yeah, so he's going to be sticking around to piss off Picard O'Plenty. <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's some interesting leaks. I I don't even know if I should say them because they're they're pretty big spoilers. Actually, I mean they're not like massive, but <clears throat> for Picard, it, it, for Picard, yeah, there were some um some stills that leaked, and um, let's just say uh the entire next gen crew is back (laughs) (laughs) no no uh there's some hints in the teaser (laughs) there's some hints in the teaser that some people were like oh what does this mean and yes given the leaks that have come out the theories about the teaser are pretty accurate that's all i'm gonna say okay all right um speaking of teasers did you catch the one for dexter the Dexter revival. I didn't catch that one. No. Um, Are you a Dexter fan at all? I watched the first two seasons, and then I was like, uh, "Oh, okay, this show." Is... <laughs> um, it was, uh, I think, pretty much all of the fans agree, me included, that the first four seasons were super solid. Well, I uh, wouldn't but... say super solid. <laughs> I think the first season. 
And I forget which season is it three or four that had the Trinity killers. Number four. Number yeah. four. Those were the two yeah, best uh, seasons. John Lithgow as the Trinity killer. Who's John Lithgow. Fucking amazing and terrifying if, performance. If, if anything, uh, that was the be- better season out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. <laughs> and it all went downhill from there. <laughs> um, I've but, heard a um, lot of people. I've heard a lot of people stop watching after season two. Oh. I don't blame them. Kind of sucks. <laughs> I've heard that from a lot of people that after season two, they're just like, "Yeah, I just stopped watching." Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, for those of you out there who have any interests, there's the teaser out there we'll, for. We'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, we'll totally watch it. No, but I mean, I think it's interesting that like they're coming back because they want to unfuck up yes. their you know super fucked up finale. Yeah, Michael C. Hall has been very candid about that. Just like giving the fans an actual worthy, giving him a beard and sending him to Oregon. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, in in the uh, teaser, he gets rid of his burly lumberjack beard. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just shows him in like a snowy cabin, and you see as he's staring out the window, like in the reflection of the glass, there's somebody on his table, all taped up, just like trying. And you hear like little struggling sounds, like ah. Oh, eh. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see what happens there. There was, it's it's not really like huge news, but uh, officially uh, Moon Knight, which I know Todd is super interested in. Moon Knight. Yeah, I'm really interested in too. I've read yeah. a bunch of the comics. Yeah, there wasn't anything too exciting, just that there was like a set photo that came out. It's it, You don't even see Oscar Isaac or anything, but it's just like, it's official, it's filming now. Um, There's a few uh, Marvel things that came out actually. We did see uh, first photos of, I'm pronouncing her name correctly, Iman Vellani, who is yeah. Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan in her comic accurate outfit. She looks like the character. <clears throat> she does look, yeah. I mean, the costume looks really good, but it also looks a little too, um, I feel like the costume looks a little too like made for, made for a movie, you know? And like Kamala Khan is supposed to have like put this shit together herself. Um I mean, you can say the same thing about Spider-Man, I guess. Like, Well, yeah, it's very similar to Spider-Man. I know we, like, within the last year, there were photos of her, like, homemade piece-together outfit, and now she gets, like, a more properly done one. She found mm-hmm. a tailor, I guess. Yeah, interesting. But, yeah. Uh, there are also new rumors or leaks or whatever. Well, on top of that, real quick. Um, I also saw the Hawkeye suit leak today too. Hawkeye. Oh, uh, yes. His purple suit. Yes. And actually something I was telling Meg, I saw the Matt Fraction version yesterday, which is really cool. Oh, that one. Yeah. Was that in that same <laughs> photo that I saw? Yes. I think that one is where he's like got blood on his face. Yeah. Yeah. And also very awesome in that same if you're talking about the same photo that I'm looking at, David Mack, writer, artist, he did um, he did some Daredevil. He did some Jessica Jones. He did that comic um, Kabuki. He actually, David Mack posted on Instagram, I think the same photo you're talking about. It's uh, Jeremy Renner and uh, Alakwa Cox, who is playing the character Echo. Who oh, that was Echo? Yeah, so that's an original character that... <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so for, for the listeners at home, uh, David Mack created this original character, Echo, uh, who is a deaf uh, indigenous person, Native American uh, hero in the Marvel world. 
uh, originally created for his run on Daredevil. And they have, not only have they included this character in the Hawkeye show, uh, but Alakwa Cox is in, in real life a deaf and indigenous person, which is awesome. Wait, um, wait, yeah. wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's up? You said Daredevil. That's DC, right? No, that's Marvel. No. I thought Daredevil. Nope. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he is just like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, you know, all red. Um, but yeah, so I thought, and well, not that's... rich. Well, he's a yeah. lawyer, I guess. So, yeah, true. Hell's Kitchen lawyer, but true. anyway, but yeah, praying, no, on, praying on the, <laughs> yeah, but that was really awesome to, to hear that, and, you know, for inclusivity. And, and uh, not only that, but he was uh, David Mack in this post I saw on Instagram, he was congratulating her because, um, what well, said uh, in in her words, in her own words, within the span of 30 days, she, Alakwa Cox, wrapped on the Hawkeye series, secured mm-hmm. an Echo spinoff series. I heard about that, yeah. Yeah. And also got engaged and bought a sweet new car for herself. So good for her. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah. So that's pretty rad. I, I know nothing about this character, but I just, you know, for the sake well, of I, everything. I mean, I just think about her. that. Like what you just said, like there's going to be a, an Echo spinoff so we're going to get a show that is centered around the experiences of like a deaf person, which when did, was the last time we had a television show about something like that? Like Exactly. Yeah. yeah a deaf Native American or indigenous person. I'm not sure what the most preferred. I think indigenous peoples. Okay. Yeah. The preferred term now. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was rad as fuck. And also, hey, purple Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of Daredevil, though. There are reports that reports, leaks, rumors, whatever the fuck you want to call it. People out there are saying, and apparently these are the same people who originally uh, confirmed that the She-Hulk show was in development. Those same people are also now saying that Daredevil is confirmed to appear in She-Hulk. That would make sense. sense. Yeah, Those characters are always like in the same realms. Well, because she's also a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. And, oh, she, and she has it. a partnership with Jessica Jones. Oh, okay. I found it interesting that... Oh, go ahead. They're a frequent team up, uh, her and Jessica Jones. They, like, they're the counterparts to um, like Power Luke Man and Iron Fist. Yeah. yeah. I'm just interested to see the take that they're doing, because I, I, I forgot that I read this description before, and in these new articles... They were describing the show, the She-Hulk show, as a half-hour legal comedy. And I was like, so... Like Ali McBeal? Ali McBeal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see. I, it, it could be fun. I mean, I like that we have this massive superhero world now of Marvel where you can play in all these different genres. So, I mean, we haven't had a half-hour legal comedy yet. So, why the hell not? Yeah. Have we even had a half-hour show in the Marvel Universe yet? Well, I guess WandaVision is close. I think those ran... Some of them were under a half-hour, some of them were over. Yeah, I was going to say it was closer to a half-hour than hour long. Well, well, 20 minutes of show, 45 minutes of credits. Seriously. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, hey, when your effects team is that big, you know, you're know you going to have a lot of names. Yeah, true. Uh, over in the world of animation... On Amazon, Invincible got renewed already for seasons two and three. That's I'm really I'm really stoked about that. 
Yeah, I was watching um, the show recently, and I, I really do think um, I was such a huge fan of it to begin with. And uh, it's taken so long for an adaptation to come out, um, mm-hmm. even like compared to like, you know, R- Robert Kirkman, like The Walking Dead is so successful. How did it take this long to get Invincible off the ground? You know, like it just it, I think it's. I'm just really, really stoked that it's people are seem to be really enjoying it because it's a great story. Well, it feels good. Before... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, it, sometimes it, you know, you, you sit there and what you can sit and wonder like, God, like, well, this should have been made ages ago. And then you think of other stories about things that have been in, in like different stages of development and never quite made it. And eventually something great comes out of it. Like, I think at some point, like uh, in the '90s, we were gonna get a uh, a very '90s James Cameron X Men at some point with and Spider Man <laughs> and Spider yeah and and I don't know sometimes you hear those stories of like the things that almost happened and you're like okay it's good that it yeah. took this long well we almost got <laughs> well I guess this sort of maybe would have been better we almost got Avatar with um uh fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger in 1999. Yeah, <laughs> and what I remember the, I read, uh, I read about that on Ain't It Cool News in like 2001 about how James Cameron was working on this movie called Avatar and had been mm-hmm. for a while and wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger to star in it and it was supposed to come out in '99 and I was like, whoa, Avatar, what's that about? I'm oh my just God. curious how that would have worked with the CGI elements in the 90s versus it wouldn't have that's no. that's why it would have looked like garbage exactly. yeah it, it could have and now and by the time we got around to now it would have looked like a ps1 cutscene. the <laughs> blue aliens would have looked like fucking jar jar <laughs> i mean yeah probably <laughs> misa go to pandora and wasn't i thought i remember hearing for a hot minute the studios wanted uh, Tom Cruise as as Tony Stark when yeah. they were working on Iron Man. Supposedly they approached him and he um, wasn't interested. Well, they didn't want Robert Downey Jr. because at that time he was still a washed up drug addict. Yeah. So well, that movie like saved his life. Yeah. Yeah. He had to fight hard for that. And, uh... I mean, he was already making a comeback with like uh, Tropic Thunder and stuff prior to Iron Man. <clears throat> yeah, but that was still uh that was still a role that was like under the radar. Tropic like, Thunder came after. No, Tropic Thunder came out before Iron Man. Oh, it was like right at the same time. It was oh wait. Huh. Wow. What I was gonna say earlier before we get too far away from Marvel. Oh, um Marvel producers teased uh Julia Louise Dreyfus's character is not just like a one shot, one off kind of like minor character. She's going to be a big part of some upcoming Marvel properties. She's also in Black Widow. Nice. Really? Yeah, it leaked. There were pictures of her spotted on the Black Widow set like a year ago. Oh, shit. um, That leaked. And it just now is like people are realizing that they're linked. Oh, damn. Yeah. That makes sense with the way that they introduced her in Falcon. Yeah, I wonder if. Because Black Widow, so she was. Supp- we were already supposed to know who she was. 
Right. She was supposed to be introduced in Black Widow like a yeah. fucking year ago. Wow. Well, supposedly they did reshoots. Uh, they did, Supposedly they didn't have to do a lot of reshoots, but they had to reshoot one scene for her introduction. Okay. Yeah, you can't throw in Julia Louis-Dreyfus and like not... <clears throat> you know just just leave her a little tiny footnote in the mcu now she's got to yeah. be here for at least a little while sweet she might be a scroll maybe not we'll see cool um oh one little i mean it's not like marvel news news but it's funny ryan reynolds was joking on twitter this week that he's going to put deadpool 3 aside on hold to um make the fantastic four reboot but his preferred cast for a fantastic four reboot is the it's always sunny cast (laughs) (laughs) and his production company put out a fake poster with them on twitter i'll have to send frank reynolds is the thing yep oh man that's fantastic yeah it's wonderful (laughs) it works so well yeah it really does I'll have to send you this. It's guy. just them in a bar arguing yeah. <laughs> in their suits. This will have to be the uh this might have to be the podcast art. It's just brilliant. <laughs> it's not actual news. It's just great that the gang like, gets cosmic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Dennis is doom in the background. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh let's see what else we got um there's some random movie news but i just thought it's kind of interesting um well one of them is kind of fantasy based um there was a deadline article about a bunch of production that's starting back up uh in the czech republic apparently there's a shitload of filming out there uh number one is the wheel of time series robert jordan's wheel of time what which is that's actually happening yes it's finally happening wow um, they're gonna try to be the next they've been talking Thrones. about that for like years yeah rosamund pike is starring in that one um Mm, i I know nothing about the story other than it's like a hundred books long but but that's yeah that's finishing season one filming right now and a season two is already going to be picking up right after that's and didn't somebody have to like write the last couple of books because the author died robert jordan passed away yeah wasn't his son no it was a a protege ghostwriter okay basically i think worked with him on the last book he was alive for and then the other guy took over once he died okay okay the only the only way we're gonna get more game of thrones books (laughs) i actually only got through the first robert jordan book and then i set it down and once i was ready to pick up book number two I had forgotten everything that happened in the first book because it's so dense <laughs> setting up this world and politics and characters and everything. And a lot of those fantasy novels are all kind of the same story. Yeah. You know, some like middle of nowhere kid is destined to become some like great hero and then goes off and does this journey to get all of his powers mm-hmm. and shit. The chosen <laughs> one problem. Huh? huh? It's the chosen one. It's, it's... Yeah, exactly. So with a story like that, that's so generic, I read another fantasy novel with mm-hmm. the same-ish plot line, and so I start getting stories confused. Yeah, what was the other series you were, like, in The Name of the King? The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, which I actually kind of liked more. Patrick Rothfuss, yeah. And yeah, was- Name of the Wind is fantastic. Yeah. Name of the King is a terrible, <laughs> terrible, god-awful D&D movie. Oh, that's the, uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, Jason Statham. 
Yeah, and I can't remember the name. The giant track. other cast. Uh, Uwe Bowl. Uwe Bowl. And, and, um, a Uwe Bowl joint. <laughs> name of the Wind, they've, been, they've also been trying to make into, like, uh, I mean, I remember reading stories about them turning it into a show fucking five years ago. So, yeah. I think that would do well as a show versus a movie. Those well, because they, yeah, because books. Name of the Wind is very, very similar in tone to Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's adult in a lot of the ways that like fantasy, most fantasy in the genre isn't. Yeah, that's the uh, the King Killer Chronicle yes. is the yeah. series. Yeah. Uh, the last update I can see just with a quick Google Basically, George search. R. R. Martining it, like, stop bothering me about it. <laughs> oh, for the, what is it, third or fourth book or the something? Third book. Third book, yeah. And as far as the adaptation, uh, Rafa said at the end, uh, beginning of 2019, that the TV series would not be a direct adaptation uh, it would be taking place a generation earlier huh. instead of fucking whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. Okay. So one thing I, I wanted to get touch on real quick is, um, okay. so did you guys, uh, <laughs> so I this you, you're probably going to think this is very weird because <laughs> I think it's very weird. Um, I, I used to be a really big Tom Clancy fan. Um, I played a Rainbow Six game. <laughs> I played a lot of Tom Clancy games, unfortunately, um, and I feel more and more guilty every day that I do. Uh, it's it just like it makes me so uncomfortable at this point. Like, and it's more of like a of like let's see what they think type of situation, if you know what I mean. Um, so they they've got this Without Remorse movie that just dropped on Amazon. Um, starring Michael B. Jordan, oh yeah, uh, as years. as John Clark, and um, I've read that book. I've read I've read almost all of the original mainline um, books except for like the last couple that he wrote before he died. Um, did, and did, sorry, quick side note: Did Tom Clancy do uh, Patriot Games? And yep. uh, that was Tom Clancy. Yep. Clear and Present Danger. I, so I, love I don't it. know. I don't know if you've ever gone back and rewatched any of these movies or uh, any of the Tom Clancy stories, but it turns out in most stories that the Democrats are the villains. <laughs> <laughs> in, like every single Tom Clancy story, it's uh, <laughs> uh, Democrats have like are traitors to the United States, and it's just a shocker. A, a Reaganite fan, like like military fantasy i mean it's all military industrial complex books so what do you yeah, expect exactly. yeah gotcha. um but like especially egregious like in that form um i guess like we didn't really we didn't get the sense of it in the 80s because like you know fuck the commies and all that and like mm-hmm. you know reagan you know everybody was jerking off anyway so like the i watched some of the the jack ryan show um and it's again it's just like it feels like military like industrial complex porn Mm -hmm. um and it's still like we're still just endlessly calling like uh, iraqis and uh terrorists still we're just still doing that anyways (laughs) um they're making they're making these shows in this movie into the Clancy verse, the 
without remorse is set in the same universe as the Jack Ryan show. Okay. So that means like, is that still ongoing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really popular. Okay. You know, I really wanted to like it because I I really like John Krasinski and I I wanted him to be cap long ago when he was, (laughs) you know, while, while they were using John Krasinski as uh, leverage for, uh, for uh, Chris Evans, so yeah. so they're gonna so he's gonna join forces at some point with Michael B. Jordan. I'm guessing that they'll do like a team up movie. Okay, uh, it'll probably be, end up being something like Rainbow Six or um, something like that. A big property that is really well known because I don't think you guys remember, but Rainbow Six was like fucking huge. It's still huge. Rainbow Six Siege right now is one of the most. Popular <laughs> I just mean like the games. book when it came out. It was it was oh. the most popular yeah. Clancy book since. Like the hunt, the, the hunt for Red October. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I I'm not really familiar with the book series. Other than I know, oh, it's Tom Clancy. That's one of those names where he has like a thousand books under mm-hmm. his name. And I played, I played like a PC version of like one of the first, if not maybe the first Rainbow Six game, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and then they started releasing one. I think I feel like that's one of those series that they release every year, like a Madden or something. <laughs> they used they to released, for a while. Yeah, they released two usually two games they had uh either a ghost a rainbow six or a splinter cell like every every year yeah i mean like ubisoft for a while was just like known as like a tom clancy machine you know like <laughs> now that all they do is make assassin's creed games um <clears throat> all right. actually harass their employees um <laughs> yeah. i mean that's just what you do in the gaming industry right well they're, they're french what do you expect Uh, Um, oh uh, stereotyping there um another well i guess yeah because the french never stereotype americans (laughs) (laughs) in uh this isn't really related but in uh other movie news well it's actually netflix movie news all quiet on the western front they're actually doing a new adaptation with that Starring our beloved Good Time Zemo, uh, Daniel Bruhl is going to be. I don't uh, know how you do that film better, though. Yeah, I I was just going to say, like, why? I mean, I guess, like, modern audiences just won't watch anything that's in black and white or old, you know? like No, yeah. Of course not. It's like if you tried to do like a new Lawrence Arabia again, or the the, the last Ben-Hur was garbage. Oh shit! I forgot they did that. Again. I, I I'm just like generally not in favor of remaking like classic, classic, classic movies. Just because I agree with you. Guys. What's the fucking point? Like it's classic uh, for a reason because you yeah. can't better. Because Hollywood says fuck you, money. And like I guess if when it when it's an adaptation of something that's based on like a book or something, I guess you know sometimes that works. But it usually doesn't. It's usually just not as good. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, hmm. although we were talking about, we were talking to our friends at book club uh, this past week, and I think we touched on it in the last podcast or two as well. Um, Meg and I were pleasantly surprised by. I mean, I've never read or seen the original movie either, but um, the Murder on the Orient Orient Express movie. Um, I, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. We both did. And we were curious about the next movie, which I think, yeah, we did discuss on the podcast because that's Definitely the weird limbo now because of Army Hammer. Yeah. Um, but, oh well. 
So um, it's occasionally you get like, you, you know, know. I, I purposefully didn't watch the murder on the Orient Express because I'm a huge fan of the original and sure. I read the reviews and they were like, this movie's dog shit. So I was like, okay, well, I definitely don't want to be disappointed because yeah. I absolutely love the original. Okay. I, I haven't seen the original, so I didn't have any like stake in the game, but I enjoyed Kenneth Brown. <laughs> it was good. Like, <laughs> Murder on the Orient and subsequently Death on the Nile are the only non-horror movies that have ever scared me like horror movies. Mm. Like they're murder mystery movies, but they are more in line with like modern day slasher films in terms of how weighty and how terrifying each each perpetual or each um, like of the next murders is how anybody many, could get it at any point how many movie adaptations have there been is it of just death in the nile um, um well, there's only on one good Press. one there might okay. be more than one but i think there's only one there's they were made in the in the 70s and they're like fucking classics okay. if you okay. haven't seen them i absolutely recommend them i'll add them to <clears throat> say it every day like cap i'll add it to the list <laughs> Speaking of things that are already on your list, Tony, uh, the thing that we spoke about, the game that we spoke about last week, Aztec Forgotten Gods, which hasn't yeah. even come out yet, uh-huh. has been sold for movie rights. So there's a movie in production for it. Shit, really? Wow. Hasn't An even come game? out yet. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Oh. That's cool. Ain't that I mean, some shit? Things sell the rights to rights get sold for you know all the time but will they actually develop it we'll see but that's cool that's awesome um ewan mcgregor our beloved obi-wan uh was in an interview this past week and he (laughs) while trying to be very classy about it he did promise the fans that uh, the obi-wan tv series will be way above and beyond the uh the unfortunate prequel movies. Um, he kind of, he, in so many words, he was saying, you know, George Lucas, you know, he was so obsessed over wanting to control the background and all the CGI and, and helping the technology and all that. And, um, you know, sitting in a, a green box after a couple months just gets tiresome and exhausting. And he said, and especially, <laughs> he worded it something like, when the di- he's like, I'm trying to be respectful here, but when the dialogue isn't Shakespeare, <laughs> it's really hard to keep going, like with nothing to work with. And he he went on talking about like the Mandalorian technology with the uh, I forget what the term for is it for it is, but like the the live green screen the LED wall LED wall. Yeah, he said it gives a more immersive experience. So they're going to incorporate that same stuff with the new show. So. He was so, reassuring fans that uh, I actually I saw this news on the um, Star Wars subreddit, which I have in my um, in my uh, Reddit feed, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> that's an interesting place to see that news because it, it, it's a little different from the context of other places. Because um, I don't like I think we we forget this that there are a lot of prequel stands oh yeah oh like a lot a lot like an entire generation of star wars fans 
like the movies almost better than the originals. Unironically was, like them. Unironically, yeah. I was a huge like episode one fan when it came out. I saw that movie at least 10 times in theater. Oh yeah, like I saw it 19 times in theaters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, and if you're at that right age where that's your first Star Wars experience, of course that's going to be imprinted on you. Not to yeah. mention if you're like a preteen to teen girl who watches episode two and bad boys make your heart swoon so problematic (laughs) anakin saying you mock me in my dreams you just melt over that (laughs) well for context i was 13 when the phantom menace came out and i saw it 19 times and i was 16 when attack of the clones came out three years later and i saw it once in theaters so (laughs) you can sort of tell where my maturity level was shifting at that point because uh i i do remember like i saw it in i i saw it uh opening weekend with justin and eric and uh, that whole crew you know Mm -hmm. um and we waited in line for literally hours for like seven or eight hours or something absurd like that and then um we walked out of it and we're all like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> what the fuck was that? And then I like subsequently started to realize it like, oh wait, maybe the Phantom Menace wasn't as good as I remember it was as a child, you know? Yeah. But I mean, over time, uh, so for a long period of time, I like really just did not like the prequels at all. But over time, I've sort of softened on them considerably. Uh, they're definitely i definitely don't like them as much as the original trilogy but you know i really like the pod race number one was okay number two was absolute fucking garbage number three was serviceable the second one is just fucking yeah and i read go ahead no good no i i re-watched them um with i i had planned to do an entire franchise rewatch, and i still haven't picked that back up on it but it was mainly for for me to finally get through clone wars which i avoided for a long time because i didn't give a fuck about anakin um so i rewatched. i mean you will after you watch clone wars exactly yeah which was todd was yelling at me for years uh, and mm-hmm. he was right and so i i re-watched one and two and did whatever the proper order was i think one two clone wars then three um, or something like that and uh, that definitely made me appreciate the prequels more but again yeah also one, fan edits i enjoyed fan edits help with the uh, prequels quite a bit uh if like once you find like th- your favorite fan edit you just like burn that shit to a blu-ray and pop it in pop it I in st- the uh the the case you know like, i still want to see either the topher grace or the elijah wood cut the Tover Grace, you're not gonna find it. Yeah, I know it. Do- it doesn't exist. Outside it doesn't of- exist in any phys- any digital form anywhere. He's got it on a couple DVDs in his house. Release yeah. the Tover cut. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was the second one? Elijah Wood has also got a cut. That's interesting. Oh wow. Um, oh. I actually, I found uh, I found pretty much my favorite edits of all three of the prequels, and I have, uh, let's just say. I can let you get to them. Yeah, give me that interested. shit. Give me that shit. Because and, <laughs> uh, and they're by three different fan editors, but they're all three subsequently the ones that I think are the best. Cool. 
Um, this is kind of random, but um, turning back to Marvel really quick, just because you reminded me of, or I guess I reminded myself, I released the Topher cut shit. Um, there's been little bits of news sprinkling out since uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier ended. Um, this, there was an interview with Malcolm Spellman, the the showrunner, uh, creator, um, and little bits from Sebastian Stan, what have you. Apparently, I think uh, the creator, Malcolm Spellman, at some point in an interview said that there was actually um, quite a bit more, uh, some more back and forth between uh, Bucky and uh, Sarah. Um, the girl? Sam's, yeah, yeah, Sam's sister. Uh, oh, like there, was, oh, okay. there was there was more of a like flirtation between them and stuff. Release um, that cut. Yeah, so so, so uh, Sebastian Sam went on Twitter, Twitter, and he said like, "Release the Bucky Sarah cut." <laughs> <laughs> so actually, uh, I have I have some friends on Facebook who were who were uh, making fun of the show for um, allowing Bucky to be invited to the the cookout. They were like, oh, hell no. No way that's happening. <laughs> no white boy getting invited to the cookout. <laughs> uh, well, he's the token was... white boy. Come on. Yeah. Well, and they were like, I mean, yeah. And he's like, oh, and he's got he's got a black girl fever. <laughs> Apparently that was actually a, that was an actual like kind of a rap party for them that they just filmed. Oh, I'm sure. And they, yeah. they kind of set up like little moments here and there. But for the most part, that was like the legit rap party. Uh, I just thought that was really, really funny. Yeah. And, and interestingly enough, like uh, I read some interesting uh, takes on it that did not align with ours in any way. Huh. Um, some friends that were, uh, some black friends specifically, that were like, this is military propaganda. Oh. Yeah. Um, like doesn't go far enough in the racist, in the racism stuff. Like mm. uh, they, they talk about it, but they don't actually do anything with it. That type of thing. Mm. And I mean, I, I still disagree with them, but you know, yeah. They, I mean, it's as far is... as, yeah. I mean, they their their context is real, but it's as far as a major Marvel property is going to be able to go in that type. No, of No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, like I, I would I would love if they went further. There's no fucking way that they could go any further than they already have. Well, well, what was awesome um, in that same interview I read with Malcolm Spellman, uh, he made it uh, clear. He pointed out because they were asking, he said, uh, like Marvel never blinked at anything he put out. Like he was, he was really? expecting, he was expecting the whole time at some point he was going to get the tap on the shoulder, like, uh, you know, but they said like, no, as long as it like services the story and the characters properly. I mean, they knew who they were, they knew who they were hiring, you know, like, yeah. Uh, he was, you know, wrote for empire. Like they knew who they were getting. Um, and also I guess like, Marvel hasn't really, uh, they haven't really blinked with most of the comics either. Like they've, no. they've, they have published some very, like, uh, very contra, very controversial Marvel comics in the past. Well, it's, a, um, it's one thing to do a comic and it's another to do a major broadcast television yeah, or no, movie. I, I agree. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's something I think anybody can get behind. Taika Waititi. <laughs> my <Woo -hoo>! man. <laughs> <laughs> my man. That's all you need to know. It's Taika. That's it. It's just more fun with Taika. Uh, he is set to star in an HBO Max Sold. <laughs> comedy series with pirates. 
Our flag means death. Yeah, no, I mean. Super sold. Yep, well, sign me up. I don't have to know anything else <laughs> oh about the series. My, I'm watching like, it. Yeah, no, I literally don't. I, I don't try, need to know anything else. Shut up, <laughs> try, shut up and take my money. As a pirate, we're good. Fucking like sold. But yep. just for shits, I'm going to give you more. Uh, I'm just going to read straight from this deadline article because it says it all. Uh, Jojo Rabbit Oscar winner Taika Waititi is taking on yet another role in the HBO Max period comedy Our Flag Means Death. In addition to serving as executive producer and pilot director, Waititi will star will star opposite Reese Darby. Oh, God, okay. yes. Oh, God, uh, yes. Okay, well, then I'm super sold then. <laughs> uh, Wait, hold up. Sorry, I had to pause and Google Reese Darby for Meg. <laughs> Do I know him? Yeah. He, yes. He, um, or werewolves. That's werewolves. Oh, yes, werewolves. yes, That's yes, werewolves. yes, yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and he was also on the uh, that the Comedy Central Fly show Points. What, what the fuck was the name of it? At Midnight. At Midnight. At Midnight, yeah, yeah. yeah he, was, oh, he was on that yeah. like every other episode. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. You just, I, like, I you just jogged a memory of something that I forgot existed. <laughs> um, uh, so our flag means death is based loosely on the true adventures of steed uh, from pronouncing this right steed steed bonnet who darby is is portraying a pampered aristocrat who abandoned his life of privilege to become a pirate and waititi will be playing opposite him as blackbeard nice. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> that's so good so it's so funny that you mentioned this because I just today watched a clip of this show called, uh, oh God, what was it? For the Rabbit, for King Rabbit, something, something like this. It was a, it's a British show, and uh, it stars, um, uh, what's his name from What We Do in the Shadows TV show, Matt Berry, uh, not Bar Matt Berry, uh, the other guy, um, Jackie Daytona um oh yeah uh and the it was a youtube clip that was called how to be cockney and taiko atiti is just in the scene uh in the background and i had never heard of the show before and now i want to watch it hmm. um god what is it let me see uh something rabbit um like uh but uh, jojo rabbit's gonna come up god damn it. yeah you're gonna get nothing but jojo rabbit <laughs> ah. anyways um it looked really good all right <laughs> cool story byron cool story bro <laughs> um all right let me try to figure out what his name is you look it up as i continue on here um save here's ralph some... save what's that ralph. Save Ralph. It's got a rabbit on the cover. It's a short. Uh, no. What's the Jackie Daytona writer oh. or actor's name? Uh, I have to Google it. Um, Save Ralph. Actually, that was a little short. Uh, looks like a little. It was like a little claymation or animated to look like claymation. Short. Oh, it is Matt. His name is Matt, Matt Berry. Um, Matt Berry. Okay, let me see if I can find his. Uh, Taika released that on uh, social media just uh, about a week ago and I actually sent it to Meg but I don't know if she ever watched it. It was pretty rough to watch. It was, it starts off like fun and lighthearted. Oh, that's why I didn't watch it because you told me that it was rough to watch. Yeah, it, so it, was a, watch it. it was a thing against animal cruelty. It was part of a, uh, oh, yeah, a thing to stop animal testing uh, globally, like sign oh. a petition and everything. 
Year um, of the Rabbit. Oh, Year of the Rabbit. That's what it's called. Year of it's the Rabbit. It's a TV okay. miniseries, six episodes. All right. Okay, that's why I'd never heard of it, because it's just a miniseries. And that's starring Jackie Daytona. Yeah, Matt Berry, and Taika just ha- happens to be in it. Oh, all right. <laughs> he is credited as accordion player. So is Taika still doing Akira? I think somebody else is doing Akira. Because he was attached, wasn't he? I thought James Cameron was for years, and then I I never heard anything again about it. Uh, Akira movie. Um, I've got no recent news about it, or no news at all. Yeah, Taika Waititi sets the record straight on his plans for Star Wars and Akira. Hmm. He was announced as, yeah, he was announced as being the director of Akira, like, last year. Oh, shit. The live action. And he said that he's only going to cast um, non-white actors in Akira because there aren't any white actors in Akira. (laughs) Or there's no white characters, that is. Right. All right. Cool. If that news ever came up last year, I did not recall. Um, According to YTT, the whole thing went on hold. We had to keep pushing the dates. And encroached on the Thor dates, which were immovable. So Akira ended up shifting two years down the track post Thor. Thor. So I'm not sure if I even. So I'm not sure if even in two years I'd be. I don't know what I'm doing in fucking two days. I think yeah. eventually it will happen. I'm just not sure if I'll be doing it. Okay. That sucks because I really I was really excited about him being attached because I felt like that was the perfect type of person to be. Isn't Akira more serious though? Yeah, but he when he does serious, he's really good at it. Um, I mean, Jojo Rabbit, the like the moments that aren't funny are like fucking brutal. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's settled, centered around this little thing called the Holocaust, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure whatever you cook up will be entertaining. Here's something that. Uh, kind of near and dear to me did you know that there's a jim henson biopic happening i did i'm very excited about this yeah muppet man uh so who are they gonna get who are they gonna get to play the man they don't know there's speculation it's gonna be like tom hanks tom hanks just plays all the wholesome guys from (laughs) Uh, there was like a collider he was not as wholesome as people think he was oh henson yeah, I mean the Muppets started like as like adult. I mean the the Muppets were on SNL before they were on, uh, uh, before the actual Muppet Show. There was a his early before like officially they were the Muppets. Uh, he had these two little characters. I don't remember their names off the top of my head, but in like old old might have been like early sixties uh, black and white little product commercials uh yeah. little quick snippet tv commercials like 15 30 seconds tops and it was for a random shit it was like household products like fucking yeah. cans of beans dishwasher detergent and washer. like dishwasher washer detergent and like one character would always end up like exploding the other character like looney tunes <laughs> or something or like, like bashing over the head <laughs> yeah very much so like that except like sock puppets like very rudimentary like not like stylized muppets just very much sock puppety but they're hilarious. They're so they're, they're really like dark and twisted, but like in a lighthearted way to sell household shit. It's like this weird. It's like an edgier parody of like 1950s wholesome 
household product commercials. You know, it's really weird. They're fun to watch. I, I didn't even know they existed until we went to the Smithsonian actually uh, years ago for a friend's wedding. Um, we were out on the East Coast and then we stopped at the Smithsonian and they had a whole section dedicated to Henson and his whole history and the Muppets and the proto Muppets and all that shit. Um, anyway, um, there was a Collider article I saw where they're like, here's seven actors we think could play Jim Henson and kind of random. I mean, first off, they said Jason Siegel because he's like massive Muppet fanboy. He doesn't really look anything like him, but I doesn't guess... look like him. Maybe if you gave him a scraggly beard and grew out his hair. I, I don't know. I, I feel like, he, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like he's probably had his uh, Muppet times. Muppet. You know? Yeah. Uh, they, they throw out Jason Stakis. Um, be decent, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Bill Hader. What's the first one? Huh? Who was the first one in that list? Because I think I read the same list. Oh, uh, where was it? Justin Thoreau, who I'm not really familiar with. I mean, He's I know the, the second name, one? but I... second with Jason Siegel, Jason Sudeikis, Bill Hader, who again... Bill Hader would probably do a pretty damn good job. He's a damn good actor. He looks nothing like him, but yeah, I think he could sell it. Somebody who looks like him, but I've never seen his like lighthearted chops, Wyatt Russell was our fucking U.S. Yeah, agent. Yeah, U.S. agent. Um, and they had a snapshot of him from something else. Apparently, he did some, like, goofball role in an earlier film. And he's got, I mean, he's got the scraggly hair and beard, and he looks it very much. Then they said, like, Ben Foster, which I'm like, no. Adam Driver. Eh. That would just be weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't see that. but They'll find somebody who's, you know... Yeah, it'll be interesting. That's a collaboration with uh, Disney and the uh, Jim Henson production company, or Jim Henson Studios. Um, I think that's about it that I had for news, um, which is good. We're actually going to come in on time for once. (laughs) Uh, So in two days is May the 4th. And uh, (laughs) so the interesting thing about like May the 4th is like we all we all know about these like these new fake holidays that like every single corporation has created for their characters. Oh, there's that's like what Alien we'll have to Day, talk. There's Batman Day. There's like, uh, are you talking about the bad the Bad Batch? That's what we'll have to talk about next week. Yeah, um, agreed. Um, but like, so I have this thing. I don't really like buying Star Wars merchandise anymore, just because. So much of it is crap. Um, like, where, they where did really... George Lucas touch you, Byron? <laughs> they really have just slapped in the Indiana Jones Five. Like this, <laughs> like the fucking Schwartz is absolutely with Disney at this point. You know, like where the um... real money from the movies is made. <laughs> <laughs> like Spaceballs, the fucking lunchbox is absolutely true. Um, well, funny. and. <laughs> and it's you know I, I used to I used to like having Star Wars merchandise, but like now there's just so much, and it's so low quality, and I don't know, they they'll just give the license to literally anyone, um, uh, and there are very few Star Wars products that like I see nowadays because there's so many of them that really jump out to me, and I'm like, oh fuck, that that's cool. I really want, I really like that. I really want that. And half of that's um, not even licensed either. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like just like tea bubble shirts and sh- or like red bubble shirts or 
yeah i think like the that. last time i was interested in like oh wow awesome like star wars gear uh had nothing to do with the fifth league license shit it was some random internet artist who did like a tank girl version of leia yeah exactly <laughs> stuff like that is cool well, the, the um, print that i bought you i'm pretty sure that that's not licensed either the the cloud city print oh yeah yeah put that we put that in the kitchen oh it's in the kitchen <laughs> um i mean the one thing that i'm a little bit of a sucker for is woven shirts like button-ups mm-hmm. but i'm just like pretty much any licensed button-up that's halfway decent i'm like oh my god i must have it um and there's i actually noticed that there's a couple on heroes and villains and this is the thing is that i found a few sites that are like higher quality licensed merchandise than others like they actually get like professional designers to design them instead of some fucking intern um just like slapping a uh you know a, a reoccurring like print from a, a png on something you know um uh and then i saw a couple i, I this is these are actually the first time i've seen star wars merchandise that i was like oh shit that is cool and it's mainly just because i haven't seen it anywhere else it was shirts for Rebel Assault and TIE Fighter the game. Nice. And I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. That yeah. got me hard. I found I mean, a lot not, of Star Wars stuff. That got you hard. Hard, <laughs> hard like that. I found a lot of Star Wars stuff that I wanted to buy all the Star Wars things. But <laughs> in the old days of Think Geek. Yeah, Think Geek. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the old ThinkGeek stuff was pretty good, but I mean, ever since GameStop bought ThinkGeek, it's just, it's the, they're, it sucks. Everything that comes out of them is terrible. Mm. I, I appreciated it for one reason. When uh, ThinkGeek was having their like liquidation of their site, I was, I managed to grab my, one of my favorite shirts, my N7 Mass Effect shirt. Oh yeah. Five bucks. That's funny because I almost <laughs> bought that same shirt in that sale and I didn't. Yeah. I get like I'll post in like uh, when I'm posting in like random like my my fucking finance groups that, that I'm in Facebook. Some dude like there's a bunch of like nice N seven shirt dude. Yeah, there's like fucking yeah. retirees and shit in there, like old boomers that I'm talking That's to. What I'm and saying, some, man. some slightly younger dude will be like that N seven shirt in your profile though. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, we really forget like Mass Effect. There is an entire generation of gamers that like. I feel Mass Effect is as big of a science fiction uh, staple for them as like Aliens was uh, was for us growing yeah. up, you know, or like Terminator those, Two. That was one of those gaming experiences where I wished that it was a movie or like a book because I loved the story so much that I wanted to share it with other people who aren't necessarily going to play. 100 hours of a video game trilogy or something i'm like that's the thing is like the first mass effect is it's long i mean the subsequent ones are even longer especially the second one but like mass effect one if you cut out the entire mining (laughs) oh yeah jesus you can cut i mean just like the main story of mass effect one is is minimum without side quests it's like 12 hours long yeah I think it's even yeah. longer. I think it's closer. But to that's 20. that's if you're that's if you're a detail or a a, a goal oriented gamer and not somebody that goes around. Oh, did I miss something in this small corner? Oh, did I did I do all the side quests in this area? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's me checking like, every even corner. the opening of the game. Like a couple of years ago, I, I tried to get um my my girlfriend at the time. I thought she I thought she she was really into Dragon Age, so I thought that she'd like Mass Effect. Um, it, she, it turns out that she was just mainly into fantasy. Um, and trying to get through the first like half or like first couple hours of Mass Effect was really hard because I realized like and especially just like Mass Effect itself is so sort of archaic game design by modern standards um yeah it was a lot harder than i expected that was one little bit of uh gaming news there really wasn't any gaming news that i could find this week but there was a tiny little bit about uh dragon age uh four coming that uh i guess in one of the latest trailers or bits of artwork that they released was uh hinting heavily at the great wardens returning which they kind of brushed to the side in the last two games um Mm -hmm. i mean they were like the main staple of the first game and there were a couple of gray wardens storylines in um inquisition but they weren't the focus by any measure yeah oh you know the other thing that i remembered that reese darby is in half-life alex Oh really? He's like he's like the the guy in your ear talking to you throughout the entire game. Well, shit. <laughs> I'm still not gonna buy a fucking VR set, but I'm gonna have to <laughs> keep that whole story <laughs> just because I need I need my Half Life content. Do it. Uh, I'm, you can play it on your current. You can play I'm, it on your PC. Airlink. I'm one stimulus check away from buying an, uh, uh, a a VR quest? headset. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I'm not gonna buy a quest. I I can't support Facebook any more than I already do. All right. I think I'll I'll end up with either a a Vive or a an Index. Well, the Vive is out of uh the Index is no longer in stock. The Index uh, is almost never in stock. <laughs> it, no, I mean it's not in stock, and it hasn't been for almost a year. Yeah, because they can't get the parts out of China right now. Yeah, and then there isn't the announcement of a Vive couple vive headsets next week supposedly one of them is going to be a standalone and one of them is going to be uh another iteration of their pc headset meg and i will be holding out for our nintendo switch as soon as nintendo announces their next generation console (laughs) 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 judging from our our track record and honestly it's it's almost time for nintendo to come out with another console entirely like they're usually the first ones out of the next generation, and Switch has already been out for what five years now. Yeah, they're, but they, they sold thirty million this year, though. True. No way, it's been that long. It has not been five years. It's been five years. Are you shitting me? I yep. bought my Switch when I was living with you guys. I think still. What? Yeah, Jeez. I was in I was in L.A. when it came out. Because you would take it with you to work, Todd. Fucking hell. Time is on our side. Yes, it is. And they should make a a sequel to Fallen. 2017, so four years. (laughs) Oh my god. I was talking about that movie on our book club on Friday night for some reason. That movie's fucking fantastic. Talking about fallen angels and shit. Yeah. This weird like couple years where they were making like uh supernatural like thrillers, you know. Mm-hmm. supernatural crime thrillers specifically yeah that's a very specific <laughs> that, what a specific era where only denzel washington could have 
pulled that off. <laughs> yeah, that movie's let me, great. Let me John tell you Goodman's about the time in it too. I almost died. Yeah, John Goodman. Yeah. I remember finding it hilarious as a kid when I saw that because it was John Goodman who, you know, as a kid, I knew like from Roseanne and from like the fucking Flintstones movie mm. and like kind of more lighthearted stuff. And then when he's shot and like, well, he's possessed by the uh, yeah, the demon. Well, order to end. Yeah, and he finds out he's been tricked. He's like, "Fuck you, you fucking fucker!" Or says something <laughs> like that. It's just I started cracking up because I was just like, I didn't expect that from him, from John. So Gunn. that so that movie came out right around the time that uh, Frailty also came out, and Frailty is also really fucking good. Right. And they both have these. They're both supernatural movies that you don't know or well i guess fallen you know the whole time but in frailty you don't know that it's actually supernatural until the last five minutes yeah um and they both have super downer endings yeah (laughs) like super downer twist endings Uh um you know everybody wanted to do the seven thing i guess yes for sure that was definitely a product of seven and i also remember as a kid I was bummed at the beginning of Fallen because they killed off Casey Jones in like the first. Five oh minutes. yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's your reasoning. Yep. Oh, Casey Jones, and he's gone. <laughs> All right, guys. Any any uh, last news? Any final? I was gonna say like final requests, as if we're on death <laughs> row or something. Jeez. Uh, uh, thank you for joining the Any Off Topic podcast. This is Tony. This is Todd. This is Byron. And Meg. Did you finish your plain soulless popcorn? Well done.